are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now, when you're a born-again Christian and you walk in fellowship with the Lord, I believe God will always warn you when trouble is at hand. But now sometimes we're so spiritually dense, we miss it. We miss it sometimes. But God will always warn you. And if we keep prayed up in the right attitude toward God and walking the best we know how in the way of the Word, we are under the protection of God's power. But Jesus said, Simon, Satan has demanded to have you. And I'll tell you quite frankly, Jesus is saying that when you get out from the will of God and get out here outside of God's protection, then Satan demands to have you, to sift you as wheat. Notice it didn't say the Holy Ghost demanded to have him. Satan demanded to have him. But oh, thank God, Jesus has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Praise God. All right, now we're talking about here in Luke, the 22nd chapter, where Jesus has said concerning Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now that was Jesus' attitude toward it. It was Satan that was demanding to have Peter, where he could sift him as wheat. Now you know what they do with wheat. They go to shaking it and shaking it, and the chaff gets blown away, and the kernels stay there. And I'll tell you, the problems and troubles that come to the people in life, so many Christians blame it on God, and it's nothing in the world but exactly what Jesus said here. They have got in a position where Satan has demanded to sift them as wheat, and God can't do a thing about it. And all of your praying won't change it unless they make a decision to change their situation. You remember the story of Hezekiah when God sent the prophet Isaiah to him and told him, said, you get your house in order, you're going to die. Because, see, he wasn't walking right before God. Now, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed and he said, now, God, you know I've had a perfect heart. Now, don't let that throw you because a perfect heart means that he wanted to do right but didn't mean that he did do right. (laughs) And he changed his position before God. And before Isaiah got out of the house, God said, go back and tell him he'll live 15 more years. Well, somebody said, well, God changed his mind. No, he didn't. It was God's will for him to live his full life out on this earth all time, but not in the direction that Hezekiah was going. So he had opened himself to the devil. The devil was going to take him. You know, we often hear Christians say, well, the Lord's going to take this one or that one, or the Lord took him. And in funerals, you hear that, the Lord took this child. Well, I know that the Lord, after the child died, the angel carried him on to heaven. But by saying that, we do a great injustice to God and his word. Because little children grow up believing that God's the killer. No, thank God. God is life and light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Death is an enemy of God, and it's an enemy of man. It is the last enemy that shall be destroyed. Death and hell will be cast into the lake of fire. Now, don't buddy up with death. It's not a blessing. It's an enemy. 
Now, I want you to notice that it was Satan that desired to have Peter. Turn with me to Mark, the fourth chapter. Let's see again the attitude of Jesus concerning Satan. You know, I think sometimes because there's just not been specific things taught about this, that we've just sat in church and got Sunday school ideas, you know. That doesn't necessarily mean it was taught in Sunday school, but we read between the lines. Well, if the Lord took him, well, God killed him, you know. Well, now, I read in the Bible where God took a fellow one time, Enoch, but he took him alive. (laughs) And little children grew up having the wrong idea that God's a killer. No, thank God. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he said, I do that which I see my father do, and I say that which I hear my father say. Now, one of the major problems with this is the fact of the Old Testament. is where in the Old Covenant, under the law, they had to keep the law or the curses came upon them. See, there was the blessing of the law and there was the curse of the law. You find it in Deuteronomy 28 and 29. We'll not take time to read all of that tonight. But God says in that, if you will observe to do all these things, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. You'll be blessed in the city, in the field, in the basket, in the store, and all these things will happen to you. And all of it was good. That was the blessing of the law. But then he said, if you do not hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, then all these curses will come and every blessing turn to a curse. And it goes on to say, And I will smite thee with the botch of Egypt. Now, whatever that is, I don't know what the botch of Egypt is, but it sounds bad. I don't want it anyway. (laughs) And all of these sicknesses and all these diseases until they destroy you off the face of the earth. Now, you see, the language used under the old covenant is misleading to us. And not only that, there's some things about the Old Covenant and the people that grew up under that Old Covenant that they did not understand as we understand today. And that is that most of those people believe that everything that happened was from God. That's why Job said what he did. The Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He thought the Lord had done it. But the Lord hadn't done it. See, sometimes I don't think we realize that Job couldn't read the first chapter of Job and find out it was the devil that did it. But you see, there's a gap there that has caused religious-minded people. They have not dug into it and not understood it, so they think, well, now God made these people sick, and God caused all this to happen, God did all this, and God sent the fiery serpents. Now, concerning the fiery serpents in the wilderness, God told them, He said, it's going to happen to you just like you say in my ear. And he was going to lead them, assigned an angel to keep them in the way and lead them to the promised land. But they got out there and said, we're going to all die in the wilderness. Started mumbling and grumbling and complaining. And fiery serpents came among them, bit them, and they died. Now it says in the King James, it says that God sent the fiery serpents. But now let's look at that for a minute. Ask yourself this. Would the fiery serpents have bit them and they would have died if they had obeyed God? So then it was really their disobedience that got them in trouble, wasn't it? See, God told them what was going to happen. The curses are out there. You get out from under this covenant and the curses will get you. Now, because the curses got them, then they translated God did it. Now, listen to this statement I'm going to make. It'll help you tremendously. It was not just that way because God said it. 
God said it because that's the way it was. In other words, if they got out from under that covenant, Satan was going to kill them. That's the reason God told them about it. Don't get out there. There's an outlaw out there that is trying to destroy everything I've made. And you get out from under this hedge of protection and he's going to kill you. And they went out there to see. Now that's dumb. Now somebody said, well now, Brother Caps, that's just your opinion. No, it's not just my opinion. Dr. Robert Young, who is the author of the Young's Analytical Concordance, and also several other books that helps to Bible interpretation. He says in his book, Hints to Bible Interpretation. Now, Dr. Robert Young was the foremost authority in the Hebrew language in the world. And he said of the Old Testament and these scriptures that say that God put sickness and death and destruction upon people. He said these scriptures, in the Hebrew, it was in an allowing sense. But there was no verb. It could not be translated in exactness into the English language. When they translated it over, they translated it in a causative sense. And he said that's where we get the fallacy here and the wrong idea about God. Now this is a man that was the foremost authority on the Hebrew language. And there are multiplied millions of Christians that are crippled in life because they believe that God is the killer. They can't pray and believe God to deliver them because they believe God made them sick. They can't believe God for deliverance and prosperity in their finances because they believe God stole their finances. They're crippled in life. But I have good news for you. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Glory to God. Now, we're talking about Jesus, what his attitude is about Satan. His attitude toward Satan is that the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He cometh not but for, he says. Only three reasons. Now, any of these other things that people come up with, that the reason Satan is here is to perfect the church, you got to be kidding You mean God, in all of his divine power and the Holy Spirit of God, are not capable of perfecting the church and they have to hire the father of all lies to perfect the church? you got to be kidding. I wasn't born yesterday and I don't think you were. Wake up, folks. It's time that we begin to see the devil's been lying to us for all these years. What do you think Paul was meaning when he said in the last days they'll teach doctrines of devils? There's nothing more a doctrine of a devil than the fact that God is the one that's giving you problems and stealing your finances and killing your kids. That is a doctrine of devils. Jesus said he's come that you might have life. Glory to God. I appreciate so much you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. I trust you've been blessed as we've taught on the subject of developing the attitudes of Jesus. Now, before I leave the broadcast, let me remind you all of this week that our CD offer will be CD offer number 7231. It's entitled, Fighting the Good Fight of Faith. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19 in First Timothy, the sixth chapter, verse 12, Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. 
Well, we know that eternal life is in Christ Jesus. John said it this way, God has given unto us eternal life. That life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. Now, you know, you just can't get it any more accurate than that. Now, here Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Well, what kind of fight is a good fight? Well, it's a faith fight. That's the good fight. It is faith. Because if you're fighting any other fight, you're on a losing battle. I can tell you, I hear people saying they're going to fight the devil. Well, they're going to lose because you're no match for the devil. If you're going to fight the good fight of faith, you're going to have to take by faith what Jesus has already done on your behalf, and nobody can overcome what Jesus has done. Not the devil, not the fallen angels, not principalities or powers. There is no one that can overcome what Jesus has done for us, and that's already settled. You fight the good fight of faith. You know, somebody said, well, so-and-so just didn't have enough faith. Well, that was the symptom. The problem was they didn't have enough of the Word of God in them because God's Word is filled with faith. And if the Word of God abides in you, then faith is there. And Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. That's offer number 7231, Fighting the Good Fight of Faith. Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, a total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.